You're listening to E-Commerce Marketing School presented by Privy. And a big thank you to our co-sponsors of the show, Suna and Hashtag Paid. And now a quick shout out to a giant pain in the butt for e-com stores everywhere, getting the right photos and videos to sell your products. Here's the truth. Not a single transaction happens on the internet that doesn't involve a visual. If you're in e-commerce, you need professional photos. That's Suna. They're the virtual content studio. Join over 10,000 merchants who get high quality creative by simply shipping their product, joining their shoot online and paying for the photos they need as they go. Oh, and those photos, they're only $39 each. Your pain point is about to be your secret weapon. Get started today at Suna.co. That's S-O-O-N-A dot co. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. Every couple of months, I pick up on a new, fast-growing brand that's at least new to me. And right now, Avi's at the top of my list. Co-founders Ron and Ash, follow them on Twitter. They share a ton of their wins, also their losses on social. But just generally, they bring a ton of value to other founders and marketers in the space. So a few weeks back, I saw Ash Malwani, the co-founder and CMO, tweet about how they cut their Facebook spend in half. So think about that for a second, how scary that might be. They went from 700K a month, which is a lot, down to 300K a month, which is still a lot, but it's you know basically half. And I can only imagine how nerve wracking that was in that decision process. So I wanted to bring them on the show. I want to hear the obvious story. I want to hear that Facebook spend story and also dive into a couple other things. So Ash, thanks for coming on, man. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, this is great. So let's start at the top, right? Like you're a co-founder of this business. You know, what does Avi do? How do you start it? Yeah, I mean, Avi is a health and wellness brand. Basically wanted to come into the collagen market, which at the time and still is one of the fastest growing markets. We kind of looked at it. We saw that it had a old feeling to it, very medicinal, unflavored. And the science behind collagen says that your body starts producing, stops producing quality collagen in your 20s, hmm. right? That's why you start seeing hair thinning, receding hairline, wrinkles, this and that. And it's like, well, why aren't people taking it in their 20s? Why are they taking it in their 50s and 60s? And it's more so because people are being reactive rather than proactive, right? So how do we create a product that people actually want to take? And then it really just came down to the branding taste. And that's pretty much any reason why somebody comes back for anything anymore, right? So around 2019, June, we came out with two flavors. We wanted to start with like a, like cereal flavors. So we did fruity cereal, cinnamon, cinna cereal, and we sold out in like two weeks. It was such a crazy thing to see because we're like, all right, we're about to get into this market that's dominated by some of these top players. Mm -hmm. And there's got to be a reason why nobody's really dived into flavors. Maybe the market just doesn't call for it. But the response was the complete opposite. Sold out again, like I said, two weeks. And um, we were off to the races. And um, from there, we, you know, we kind of expanded the line. We've created so many flavor expansions. We launched like 26 different types of flavors. We um, launched weight loss products, immunity products. We dabbled in kids products. And now basically, you know, Today, we have around over 300,000 customers. We have over 50,000 um, members in a Facebook community, wow. which is basically the nucleus of the whole brand in, in the sense that these are the people that we 
you know, we listen to in the sense of, all right, here's what they're looking for. Here's what flavors they want. Here's what products they want. And now it's just like the entire roadmap for the company is, is right there. So a little bit about Avi. Yeah. 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 Uh, and did I see that you, you, you've gone from zero to 30 million in three years? Yeah, it was zero to 30 in 30 months. Yeah. <laughs> That's like unbelievable, <laughs> unbelievable. Such a such a great story. I'm enjoying following along. You mentioned that you know there was a lot of like incumbents targeting older folks. Like strategically, I think it's fascinating. We did this too with Privy, but can you talk for a sec about your philosophy on entering a crowded market? Yeah, I mean, entering a crowded market, you really do need to have that distinguishable factor, right? You can't just come in trying to sell the same thing. I mean, it's common sense, right? It's like if somebody's already dominating the market with product A, and you come in with copycat of product A, you're not really going to get anywhere, right? Which is why we took the risk and we said, all right, we're going completely different from what the college market is, right? Nobody's launching flavors. And even if they do, they taste bad. Two, they don't look like this, right? Nobody has like insane branding and packaging. I, I wouldn't go as far as saying as the brands that are at the top don't have good branding, but I'm saying in the sense that like the packaging and everything is very lackluster to say the least. Right. So, I mean, we wanted to go into it thinking, all right, well, what's going to like stop somebody from scrolling on Instagram? What's going to stop somebody from walking down the aisle in a vitamin shop and be like, Oh, what is that? Right. Right. So packaging and branding was the biggest thing that we started with. Right. So like my other co-founder, Ankit, the first thing that we actually did was design what the product was going to look like before we even started tasting and getting the collagen into R&D and things like that. So we literally had the vision of what the brand was going to look like because as marketers, prior to Avi, we were running a marketing agency. So we knew exactly what was working on paid, what was working in general in that like wellness space. So literally decided to create the product first and what it would look like. Then we went into the R&D of like taste testing and this and that. So that was part one. And then part two was the actual taste, right? Why does anybody continue to take anything, right? It's literally because they want to. It's not because they yeah. have to. So that's why we really focused. I think it was like six, seven months on nailing down the flavor. To be honest, collagen is a very hard flavor to mask. It does not taste good. This is, there's a reason why there's a lot of brands out there who haven't really dabbled into flavors because it's very hard and it takes time. So that it took us six, seven months to really nail down the first couple flavors. We got it to a point where like, hey, this really does taste like the cereal you used to have on Saturday mornings watching cartoons. And we wanted that sense of nostalgia to kind of hit people and when they see it, like, oh, I haven't seen flavors like this ever. Um, so that was part two to it. And those were probably the reasons we were able to enter this market because we entered it in a way where we weren't competing against anybody with the product that we were putting out in the sense that like nobody was doing flavored collagen. Nobody was doing like a collagen that was targeted to the younger demo. And so we kind of got it. We kind of snuck in and hit a demo that wasn't being targeted at all. So I think that's probably, if we were to do it again, that's probably the same way I would approach it is you really have to set yourself apart, whether it's through your actual product benefits or taste or look and feel. Otherwise, like you're just going to be 
kind of swallowed up by the rest of the noise. Well, what I love about this is like, when I say crowded market, I, I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean, like right. the market for collagen and, you know, daily supplements or gummies, whatever you want to categorize this, it, it existed, right? And so what that meant for you guys is like, you don't need to necessarily create new demand. You're differentiating and playing off of existing demand and understanding of the benefits of this stuff. And I love the fact that like you actually started by designing to match and like live up to that focus on differentiation, right? I think that's pretty rare. And of course, like the product itself and the taste, but it sounds like that actually came second, which is really cool to hear because this path forward is is not for everyone. That wouldn't work for everyone, but for a brand that's kind of genesis is around standing out and selling to a niche within an existing market. I think, you know, it's it's awesome to hear. Yeah. So what's the channel mix for you? D2C, retail, Amazon, what's the story? Yeah, so up until last year, we were probably like 90% D2C and the rest retail. And when I say retail, it's more like mom and pop shops, distribution, wholesale, international waters. Amazon, also I would include in that 10%. Now this year is when we kind of started dabbling into the retail, like some of these bigger stores like Vitamin Shop, GNC. Yeah. So we launched a Vitamin Shop a few months ago, 600 stores nationwide. Wow! Right now we're just focusing on how do we kind of support them while also driving D2C. Because I mean, D2C is our baby, right? That's our bread and butter. We know Facebook, we know e-com better than retail, which is, you know, at some point we need to start building out a team that's going to support retail. But for now, I mean, you know, knock on wood, things are doing really well. I would hope by maybe end of this year, that split starts to look like 80-20, 75-25. I don't think anytime soon we'll probably push into retail like heavy because one, I mean, like I said, DSC is our baby where that's our, I guess, I mean, that's where we're driving awareness for everything, right? Even that's how like retail is affected this and that. So as we grow online, only then would it make sense to move into some of these other big box retailers because those guys require a lot of support, right? In terms of marketing. So unless we're spending a good amount of money on advertising, those partnerships aren't going to do as well. So as we grow, I think that'll be the next step is later like Target, Walmart type of uh, source. But right now, I think Vitamin Shop is probably the best partnership for us at, at our phase of the business right now. Yeah, it seems like an incredible match. Congrats on on winning that. Thank you. So it sounds like, you know, even for the foreseeable future, D2C is going to represent, you know, the lion's share of the business. So I think that's a good segue into, you know, the Facebook spend story. Because, uh, you know, not a lot of people shared their numbers. So it was fascinating to see that from you. One of our longtime listeners, Phil Cipriano, reached out when when he saw that you and I were chatting, I guess, uh, about the show. So let's start, you know, 2019. Yeah. How did you first scale up paid spend from zero to 30K? And that's that's a daily number, right? Yeah, 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 it was. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I mean, 20, here's the thing, right? We're a bootstrap company. It wasn't easy, right? Because one, there's... A part of the business where like you just physically can't spend more because you're just going to run out of inventory, right? So being able to kind of balance between here's how much inventory we have, here's what KPIs we need to hit in order to get more inventory 
And then how much do we spend to get through that profitably to then in turn buy more inventory? So it's this like cycle that needs to be perfect. And um, 2019, early 2020, it was. And the biggest reason was, honestly, it kind of sucks to say this, but the reason was because of COVID. Yeah. Um, everybody was at home. Everybody was buying things online. E-commerce in general was like propelled five years into the future with the amount of people shopping online. Conversion rates was up, especially for our, our niche, right? People were like, oh, I, I got to worry about my health. I don't want to get sick, this and that. So that's kind of what made it easier to the point where we were kind of like super, super profitable all of 2020. So 2019, we ended up doing like $200,000 in sales. 2020 was 6 million. And then 2021 was around 18 million. So we just kind of rode this wave of like 2020 being the year that we spent as much as we possibly could while also keeping things bootstrapped and then also having to order inventory and things like that. So it was like the perfect storm in 2020. 2021 also started off extremely hot. We were working with some pretty big influencers, celebrities, non-celebrities that were just influencers like on social and then... Boom, the summer hits and iOS updates kind yeah. of changed the whole game, right? I would say like, I mean, as things were just progressing, right? The easiest way to say is how we scaled up was just pushing spend to the limit, right? It's like, all right, this month we're spending, say, 300K. Are we profitable still? Yeah, we're like super profitable. All right, keep pushing. Now get it up to 400K and then 500K, right? And as we were doing this, we were... Honestly, it's shocking to say this, like we weren't testing a lot. We were just working with influencers, getting content from them. The content would last for months. And like we weren't testing landing pages. We weren't testing anything. We just kept launching new flavors so that every time we launched something, we had cash come in from our previous customers and we just kept funneling it into marketing. Yeah. But then 2021, that summer of like iOS, like just kind of destroying everything, and we were like literally on this trajectory up until summer. And then it was like this. In terms of revenue or profit? Profit and revenue. I mean, we had our first like loss in 2021 and we're like scared because it's like, yeah. wait, what just happened? What are we doing wrong? This and that. And as a marketer, the answer is always in your face. It's always like you have to test more. You have to do this. You have to do that. And it was just like, I couldn't wrap my head around that because the last 18 months were perfect. Yeah. And I was just like, all right, well, it just has to be Facebook. Like there's, there's nothing I can do about it. Like I just have to wait and see what happens. But it wasn't until like October, November, where things really got like, it was during Black Friday. And that Black Friday of 2021 didn't do as well as 2020. And that's where we knew we had an issue. Wow. Because you're growing year over year. I mean, yeah. revenue was 3X, right? Uh, year over year. But like your Black Friday sale doesn't 3X. It was like the same. Yeah. So we're like, all right, kind of struggling. I literally hired a bunch of agencies because I felt like I couldn't do it. And you realize that nobody really has the answer. Like no, there's no secret to media buying. There's no structures that are doing better than the other. It literally comes down to creative yeah. landing pages, offers, your website. You're literally leveraging Facebook or TikTok as like a, as a tool to just get in front of the right user. And if Facebook can't do that for you with the lack of data that it has, you as a marketer have to figure out how to do that and how to do Facebook's job at targeting, right? Yeah. So once I kind of 
developed this mindset of like, all right, now creative is what's going to do the targeting. How do we change up the strategy of like our ads? Right. So before we weren't testing anything, we would probably test like four or five pieces of creative a month, especially at $600,000 in spend, not nearly enough. Right. So because things weren't profitable, we had to cut back spend, right? 300K, like we literally just had to spend the bare minimum just to like cover overhead and just break even until, you know, I kind of sat down with the team and I said, listen, we're going to start testing 40 pieces of creative a week. And here's how we're going to do that, right? We have three graphic designers, videographer, video editor. You know, we sat down and said, all right, here are the angles that we need to start testing. It can't just be like, Oh, it's the best collagen in the world. It tastes amazing, right? Like, no, people don't care, right? I need to sell a solution to people, right? And what does collagen do? It fixes and helps support healthier hair, skin, and nails. Let's take those three and really dive into that. Let's really leverage our creative and pull out the user that's on Facebook. Facebook doesn't know who's going to buy anymore, right? They'll show your ads to people, but you have to like, on our creative do the targeting, right? So our creatives were very hair focused, which I think allowed Facebook to start showing this ad to a group of people who are interested in, you know, solutions for hair. People start liking, engaging, and then Facebook starts to understand, okay, this is the type of person that's engaging. They get that data, which is on platform for them to maneuver and say, okay, here's another group of people I'm going to start hitting within this audience that are into, you know, hair, healthy hair, this and that. Okay, great. Now that audience or whoever is going to come to our website, now how do I sell them, right? So we completely revamped our landing pages. We tested like four to five different styles and we found a, a winner and we just went with that, right? So literally started creating content for hair angles, for skin angles, for nail angles and had dedicated landing pages for each. And like I said, tested 40 pieces of creative a week, tested a bunch of landing pages. And by January we started to see this like, all right, revenue is kind of climbing back up. CPA is going down. I'm like, all right, well, we just cracked it. Like, yeah. this is it. Like, we, yeah. the easiest way to say this is like, we just had to be marketers and that was how we, we cracked it. It's like, you have to go back to basics. And I think a lot of people forget about that and they rely on these like algorithms to like find us a buyer. Oh, like Facebook's having a shit day today because they can't find us a buyer. Well, no, maybe your funnel's messed up, you know? So yeah strengthen those things and like you'll be able to weather the storm when it happens so that's kind of where we ended up back in january and then as we started to find the angles and the, the creatives that were working and the landing pages that were working just creating iterations of that and just start building back the spend up to where i mean we like we were back to like 30k and spend the last couple of weeks and then we hit, I think, a little bit of a performance issue like during Black, um, not Black Friday, Memorial Day. Yep. I don't think people were buying collagen. I think they were buying uh, White Claws and seltzers, you know? So it was a tough week last week. But I mean, now we're kind of back into the summer, which is for like health and beauty brands and supplements is a slower time. But I mean, we're going to do our best to like, you know, change the messaging for that. Like, why does the summer have to be a lull for, yeah. for supplements? Hey, like, listen. You're going to go out, you're going to drink, you're going to eat, you're going to feel yeah. that summer bloat. Well, guess what? We have a product for bloating. And now let's just start the messaging for something like that. So nice. Well, what's so refreshing to hear, Ash, is like, I think it sounds like you guys have gone through two phases of scaling up. The first phase 
you know, there's nothing easy about building a business, but it sounds like you guys had great product market fit. You had a great product. You had a great brand that was differentiated. And you were kind of like informally just like being like, do we have enough inventory? Let's increase and max out spend. And is cash coming in? There wasn't like rocket science about that phase. And then, you know, there's changes in the macro ecosystem. Like everyone's familiar with this now. Then you realize, okay, shit, we need to actually pull back a little bit and get tighter. Like in your words, truly become marketers, build the right funnels, like zoom in, test creative, like all that stuff to get like realigned around your core metrics and the equation of what was working. And now you're back to scaling up again. Like I think a lot of people start too religiously, like in the spectrum of what we just discussed, so that they never like focus enough on the product or the differentiation and let, you know, just the broad stuff scale them. And now like, it's just great to see that, that transition that you've gone through. Yeah, no, 100%. So that's awesome. So that's how you, you basically got to 30k a day, you're back to that level now, a couple of bumps in the road, but it sounds like you're also starting to supplement with direct mail, right? Yeah. I think the biggest thing right now is like acquisition cost is still higher, right? Than it was last year. It's not like you can get away from that. You can do everything that you possibly can to get that to as low as possible. I'll be honest with you, this time last year on the first sale, we were profitable. Or sorry, not this time last year because when iOS happened. But like in the first few quarters of uh, 2021, we were profitable on the first sale. Now we're break even or just losing a little bit. And the way that we've been able to scale is kind of because last year we were super profitable, we've kind of, we're sitting on cash and now utilizing that as leverage to like work with a bunch of fintech tools to kind of help our, you know, offset our payments and things like that. So, I mean, if you have, if anybody has questions about that, hit me and Ron up because we've figured out this insane formula to make it work. But like I said, acquisition costs are going to increase, right? They're going to continue to increase. The only thing you can really do is focus on conversion rate on your website, which again, is not going to really move the needle, right? You have to really focus on retention. Okay. Like for brands that do have a product that people can continuously buy over and over again, you have to educate that consumer on the fact that consistency is probably the best way that they're going to see results, right? At least in our industry, right? But there's only a few ways that you can really kind of reach out to consumers, right? Email, there's only 20 to 40% open rate. You're barely getting through to half of your customers. To SMS, again, 99% deliverability, but not all of your customers leave their phone numbers with you, right? So how do you get in front of everybody? And we decided, I mean, postcards. Like you have an address for every single one of your customer. They're obviously checking their mail because they're getting packages. So why don't we send a postcard with the right messaging to the right segment of people and try and get them to come back, right? So for example, the first test that we did with Postpilot was a VIP segment that had bought three to four times, but haven't bought in the last like 100, I think 90 to 120 days. Now, we don't know if these people just have stocked up because they're VIP customers and they just really don't need anything or they just truly just forgot about the brand and churned out, right? So we sent out a message like, hey, we miss you. You're, you used to be a VIP customer. Listen, we want to give you uh, a really cool offer. Check it out. Scan this QR code, blah, blah, blah. Come to the website. This campaign had a thousand percent ROI. Wow. It was insane. 
So now what we're trying to do is, okay, well, what if we hit the people who've bought like one time, haven't bought after, you know, two, three months, like what's going on? Why? Like we spent so much on acquiring this customer. Why aren't they coming back? And then tailoring the message that way. Right. So like maybe they didn't like this one. Well, they came to our website through a landing page, which only showed them one product. Do they know that we have other products? So showcasing our entire catalog probably one way to do it showcasing that we're in vitamin shop hey, hey like if you don't want to order online you can go down the street and go get it at a vitamin shop so things like that just to get that second order in because that is where as soon as the second order comes in the chances of them coming back and becoming loyal customers is like 80 percent. so just trying to get that second order is key because right now on the first order uh the chances of somebody coming back is around 40 percent but once they get that second order, it's like 80. And then the third is like 90 and it keeps going up. So we're doing whatever we can to get in front of everybody. And postcard and direct mail was a really cool way to to do that, especially with what's going on with like email open rates are yeah. kind of messed up because of iOS 15 too. So yeah. you just got to diversify. So you're using Postpilot. These are like postcards that you're sending out pretty much. Yeah. Yep. 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 I've, I've been getting a lot of that stuff. To start, you know, you're testing the waters with some already existing customers that haven't purchased again. I love that uh, as a retention driver, just a reminder, guarantee they're going to look at everything in their mail, even if they toss it out, right? They're still touching it for the most part. Do you think you'll also kind of expand direct into prospecting and things like that? Yeah, I mean, we've toyed around with the idea. I mean, it's a little bit more complex than like, setting up a campaign on Facebook and just running it, right? It's more so working with these data brokers and things like that to really get the audience targeted down. Yeah, It's tough. You really don't know because one, it's a huge push that you have to do and then see if it like there's an actual return. Whereas Facebook, like you, I mean, like I said, the targeting is done within the creative. And like, if you don't hit after like a week, you change the creative, right? Change it, yeah. So it's a little bit of a higher investment to start doing prospecting, but I mean, we're fully ready to do it pretty soon. So we're ready to kind of test it and see what happens. Yeah. I mean, look, even for existing customer segments that, you know, are close to becoming loyal or VIP, but not quite there. The fact that you've seen, you know, a thousand plus uh, percent ROI on some of this stuff is awesome. So hopefully a little bit of inspiration for anyone who's like getting direct mail interested and hasn't explored it. Sounds like yeah. they should check out Postpilot. So, yeah, no, I mean, happy to connect anybody who wants an intro. But yeah, awesome, Ash. I feel like we got into a lot of good stuff here. Great story. So awesome to see the success that that you and the team are having, and really, really appreciate you coming on and sharing this stuff. Oh, thank you for having me.